right, glad you're with us. Uh, 116 days to go, 25 days. We release Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink in Latin, Live Free or America Dies. And that is exactly how I feel. This is now, this is now going to be reduced to the single biggest choice referendum election, tipping point election in the history, frankly, of, of mankind. And now I guess we finally now know what Joe meant when he said he's going to transform America. We now know, rewrite the economy. We now know a lot that we didn't know before. Anyway, happy Friday. You get to be the ultimate jury in 116 days. Uh, rumors running rampant now. It's pretty much almost sounds like a fait accompli on the uh, on at least the commutation for Roger Stone. Um, asked the president last night. We'll have part of that interview coming up later today. Uh, you know, if our system of justice, because he's scheduled to he's scheduled to go to prison. Why do you think they put Paul Manafort? Paul Manafort's case was dead for years. Dead and buried. Done. Investigation complete. No reason to pursue it. You know, then we get into uh, Alexandra Tulupa and the DNC operative. And let's see, meetings at the Ukrainian embassy to dig up dirt. Politico reported this in early of January 2017. You know, why to dig up dirt from Ukrainian officials so that they can take down Trump and his associates? Well, that's why it was dragged out of mothballs. Why do you think that for process crimes... For tax crimes that, you know, they're sending in, you know, the pre-dawn raid of Manafort's house. Why do you think they dumped Paul Manafort in solitary confinement at his age for such a long time? Well, it's not hard to figure out, is it? They were trying to get him to sing, you know, to, you know, tell us what we want to hear and we'll give you this card. It's like um, if you've ever heard of the American Express, they have this so-called prestigious black card, centurion card, it's called. And it weighs like 10,000 10, pounds. And, you know, it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Uh, you know, it's amazing. It, it's so obvious what they were doing. This is what they do. This, by the way, that process whereby, and I know it's been used in, in cases involving the mob over the years, and I'm probably the most egregious example of it is Sammy the Bull Gravano. And, you know, to get Sammy the Bull to turn on, I guess at the time, I think it was John Gotti. I'm not as my friend Curtis Lee loves this stuff. I'm, I don't follow it that closely. But at the time, you know, to get him to turn, he, what, he had committed, I think I read 19 murders, or they suspected him in 19 murders or admitted to such. You know, he gets the witness protection program and a new life in Arizona. And meanwhile, we're going to trust the credibility of a guy that got to get out of jail free card it's madness well the whole idea is you know well if you sign this if you say this then uh you get it get out of jail free card now that is something of great value and worth it's called your liberty and your freedom and the whole idea that you intimidate with a pre-dawn raid i mean let's say that durham eventually gets around to applying the same standards of justice to comey and mccabe and struck and page and brennan and clapper maybe uh, are we going to see pre-dawn raids? Are they going to tip off the Fox News Channel cameras? The case of Roger Stone, 29 guys in, in, in tactical gear. Pre-dawn raids. CNN cameras just happened to be awake and present at that moment. They weren't tipped off? Why? To intimidate Roger Stone. By the way, they could have looked up that 
All they had to do, this was a process crime, lying to Congress. Okay, so uh, you say to the attorney, report at 8 a.m. or we're issuing a warrant for his arrest. And then you can monitor local airports or monitor where he's going to be and maybe have one cop if you're really worried outside the house or what. You can do all sorts of things. You don't break, you don't have 29 guys in tactical gear, frogmen, and you don't tip off, you know, CNN cameras about a raid because it's to intimidate. And if Roger Stone, he said it right here on this program, if he would have said, if he would he said, if, if I would have lied, I no, all of this would have gone away. And he goes, I don't, my soul won't let me lie like that. You got to admire him. Then we have General Flynn. Now, what's the goal here? That case was dead. But then it was brought alive in the Oval Office of Barack Obama with Joe Biden mentioning the Logan Act of 1799 that has never resulted in any successful prosecution. It's all crap. And Obama say, make sure our people get on this. So maybe we shouldn't tell them anything about this. He's up to his eyeball. Sally Yates testified to the House Intel Committee. I was stunned that Obama was up to his eyeballs and no, knew everything about the Flynn Kislyak call. You know, that was the surveillance and the illegal unmasking and the releasing of raw uh, intelligence. That case was still dead after an investigation. And then they decided, okay, well, um, well, it looks like, you know, the Kislyak call is fine. Even Comey said that. But, you know, then we know what happened on day four of the Trump administration. What was that? 19 days after that White House uh, Oval Office meeting. Susan Rice was there and she went back 15 days later and on the day Trump was inaugurated, Obama said, do everything by the book. Do everything by the book. So Papadopoulos, they withheld exculpatory information. They withheld exculpatory information on Flynn. One of the greatest travesties of, of injustice. It just is so corrupt at every level. And that's why we anxiously hope and await that Barr, we've got, we've got the FBI there was no equal justice or equal application of our laws as it relates to Hillary Clinton and and our violation of 18 USC 793, the Espionage Act with a private server with top secret and classified information on it. You know, it's called obstruction of justice. If you delete subpoenaed emails and use bleach pit and bust up devices with hammers, you know, all the talk about, well, we care about Russia collusion, Russia collusion turns out the only one colluding with the Russians was Adam Schiff on tape, sounding like a fool. Uh, yeah, we got compromised in the material than Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, that's, did Vladimir see it? But of course, Vladimir see the compromise. You see the compromise, the material. Yeah, he's on tape. Why? Thinks he's talking to a Russian, the dumbass. And, and you know, then we have the whole Schiff show that follows. Think they cared about obstruction with Trump? No, because they already, they didn't care about Hillary's obstruction. They only cared if it happened to Trump. They don't care about Hillary's dirty Russian dossier. We now know Russian disinformation, which kind of erases the phony media mob narrative that, in fact, uh, it was Donald Trump colluding. There was four investigations, no evidence of any collusion with Russia whatsoever. General Flynn did nothing wrong. Well, then why did he admit, you know, that he lied? Couldn't the FBI didn't think he lied because he lost his house. He didn't have any more money to fight. His money was gone. You don't get rich when you serve in the military. It's called service. You're serving. You choose that. You don't choose a job as a cop or a teacher or a fireman or a, the military for money. It's a calling. 
And he spent, he put his life in harm's way, 33 year veteran. And he was in war zones for a good part of that time. But he basically said, well, we're going to offer your son something. Uh, we'll have to go after your son then if you don't sign it. All right. Well, what would any good father do? I know what I would do. I'd like, oh, at least I'd like to think I do. I'd just say, okay, I'll impale myself. Where do I dive? You know, just, just show me where I need to impale myself, you know, instead of threatening my children because you're abusing your power. And now, you know, that, do we believe in a system where every American should have a fair and impartial jury? Do we believe in that or not? Because in the Roger Stone case, there's no more flagrant abuse of power. It's that simple. And that is the jury four person prior to getting on that jury made it very clear publicly she hated Roger Stone, Donald Trump, and anybody that liked Donald Trump. We have this process. It's called the jury questionnaire form. You know, nobody seems to want to investigate. Did she lie on that form? I haven't seen it yet. Then when he appeals, rightly, that was not a fair and impartial jury. You know, so now the president's like, what do I do? You know, so I'm here. That's getting very loud. But that, it, you know, commuting the sentence would be the least of it. All these people, in my opinion, need pardons. I, I'd even argue what they did to Mike, Michael Cohn, who lied about me saying I was his client. Not particularly happy with that because it was never true. He did apologize to me. I'll give him credit. And, you know, but even in that case, you know, they put the screws to you in the hopes that you're going to say what they want to say and they offer you something of great value. That's just, that, that can't happen in this country. By the way, in the British court case, it revealed that Christopher Steele knew he was working for Hillary. Did you know that? Red State uh, CBS Catherine Herridge just killing it with her reporting. Amazing reporting. Information continued to come through the British lawsuit against Steele by two Russian bankers. Steele has now been ordered to pay the damages to the bankers for his inaccurate, misleading material in the dossier. Catherine Herridge observes the court findings could play a role in the Durham investigation. And Mr. Steele's evidence, the judge writes in this case, Mr. Steele's evidence is now that he now believes the ultimate client was the Democratic National Committee and submits that the ultimate client was the leadership of the Clinton presidential campaign. Oh, bought and paid for Russian propaganda, misinformation, dirty dossier that then Comey three times and Yates did it and Buentes did it and Rod Rosenstein premeditated fraud on the FISA court. Where are the indictments? Where are they? Director Ray, where are you? It's just your silence is sickening and it's deafening at this point. Anyway, so the appeals uh, court has put the Flynn case dismissal on hold because this crazy judge Emmett Sullivan just, you know, the allows this injustice to go on in perpetuity or so he's hoping to, to have happen. Uh, on other notes, before we get to crazy Joe Biden in a second, I saw this in the Epic Times and the U.S. Army is now investigating a message sent to army personnel that claimed quote make america great and celebrating columbus day are forms of white supremacy according to the epic times the message was sent by a member of the u.s army aviation and missile center i believe this was redstone arsenal according to a friend of mine in my old stomping grounds in huntsville anyway um and it included a, a government email address, according to the Epic Times. 
and a diagram outlining various forms of, quote, covert white supremacy and anti-diversity offenses. And making how does he say making America great again? We want the country great again. How did the president define making America great? Record low unemployment for every demographic group in the country. Isn't that what we want? A successful. uh, Well, first, we want a safe and secure country for every American, a good educational system for every American child. We want an America where, you know, city blocks aren't taken over by anarchists where police are impelted with rocks and bricks and and bottles and Molotov cocktails and precincts burned to the ground or precincts taken hostage or a Chaz Chop zone or summer love zone where innocent people like like Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. get killed and then the police have to beg to go in and offer medical help or what happened in Atlanta at the Wendy's that was burned to the ground and then that whole city block surrounded by their own autonomous zone that resulted in the death of an eight-year-old kid. They don't do anything. Sad. Anyway, so that's what it's saying. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, in 116 days, all of this is on the line. We'll get to uh, all of this. We'll get to Joe Biden's big reveal week. This is not going to end well for him. You know, with all the talk about the polls, what do we say? So at some point, Joe has to speak. And he's going to have to have an agenda. Now he's adopted the most radical extreme, you know, enemy of of. The people, the police, the, the the Bolshevik Bernie Sanders socialist utopia, the AOC New Green Deal stupidity. That's Joe's agenda. You get to decide in 116 days. Oh, no, I'm looking at my screen here. Uh, we're going to just we'll get back to the news in a second. Pearl is in Brooklyn. Uh, Pearl, we've known her mom for I don't know. It goes back how many decades? And yes. I'm reading, your mom passed away? Yes, yes, Sean. Oh, I'm she so sorry. Away. Hannah was your mom's name, and she was a yes. Holocaust survivor. Yes. I loved and your mom. She was, an, she was so amazing. Amazing woman. We lost a, a wonderful, wonderful woman. And mm-hmm. Han, my mother was your first number one fan since the first day. You uh, wrote about her in your book, Deliver Us From Evil. I did? I did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And I want to thank you. And by you. the way, I remember she took over the microphone one night. Yes, she did. At, <laughs> at, at the Rainbow Room. Yes. She, she stood up and she said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining Sean Hannity here tonight. He is the great friend to Israel. And she got she, two, two standing ovations. Yeah. I remember. Um... You know, there are some people in life, the people that I admire most, they have been through the roughest, the most difficult, the hardest times. Yes. And that was your mom. But she came through it with a heart of gold, but also with a passion that we never, ever allow such evil to exist again. Thank you. I'm so sorry about your loss. It's a loss for the program. Um, She's in a better place. And that I believe. You know, I believe um, that too, Sean. I believe that she's. Um, you know, there. I'm not one of them. I'm. I'm like one of the people that you know needs the forgiveness type of um, a Christian, right? And this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Yes. I write a lot you. about it in my new book coming out. But yes. you're in, you're in our prayers. Your mom's in our prayers. Thank your whole you. family's in our prayers. Oh well, my! Now my heart's troubled on a Friday. We'll continue. 
All right, 25 till the uh, top of the hour, just like 25 days to live free or die, America and the world on the brink. So uh, Kenneth Vogel is, uh, I guess he's, what is, where is he with, the New York Toilet Paper Times? Anyway, he just apparently an excerpt uh, from my TV show in an interview with Joe DeGeneva uh, that apparently Rod Rosenstein flagged for the Justice Department's Inspector General, Michael Horowitz. Uh, Linda, you've had more time to look at this than I. I have no idea what, I don't even remember the segment. I don't remember what I said yesterday. Um, but I can tell you the record of every president since Jimmy Carter. Um, but in all seriousness, well, that's kind of an interesting thing because there are other instances where I know for a fact that Rod Rosenstein was less than complimentary to yours truly. And he was kind of known to have this pretty vicious temper, according to direct reports from people who were uh, there when it happened. Um, you know, it, it, it's amazing. It, 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 I don't even bring up that, you know, for example, things that go on in, in life that, that go on in this world we're living in. I mean, I don't know. Does it matter to anybody that, what, there were 45 pages of 302s of Mueller's pit bulls out there questioning people about Sean Hannity? Why? Because I'm a member of the press and I do my job and I was doing the job the rest of the media ignored. You're that interested in, in what I had to say to in any of the people that I might have might have or not have had. I'll neither confirm nor deny any sources I ever have. And I'll take those to the grave. They'd be so interested. Then they release... What did that judge, the Manafort and Roger Stone judge, release what? What was it, 1,400, 1,100, 1,200 of my personal text messages? All I I can tell you is 57 pages. Yeah, 57 pages. You know, I thought we thought Democrats believed in a right to quote privacy. See, I think this is a little bit different, Sean. I got to be honest with you. I think I think this is all about them eavesdropping to see how much you know about their own corruption, because all these guys are complicit and they're a part of it. So they want to know how much here. you know. Oh, listen, I, I know somebody who's in the room. Rod Rosenstein threw a fit at the very mention of my name. And how is it that I could even be on television and radio? Had a fit, a meltdown. Well, because everything we reported is true. Now confirmed by the inspector general. Now confirmed by every single bit of new evidence we've gotten. We, we got the whole thing right. We didn't get any of it wrong. The people that were wrong was the 99.9% of media that loves, you know, the ever, well, let's say corrupt and uh, confused Joe Biden. Um, Anyway, so we have Seattle City Council. They've now backed a 50% cut in the police. You got Comrade de Blasio saying that, you know, if there's ever a question that where the mayor and his political agenda is in all of this, the biggest screw up in New York City and state and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Michigan on coronavirus. Now it's, you know, the lawlessness cutting a, a billion dollars from the NYPD. But de Blasio is going to allow Black Lives Matter protesters to continue marching through the city streets while the city's canceling all other large events through September. And then he said that the calls for social justice are just way too important to stop after more than a month of demonstrations. And then Comrade de Blasio, I guess, in front of Trump Tower, they, I guess, on the street pavement, you know, they, they, I guess, stenciled in or painted in the words Black Lives Matters. 
And again, I make a distinction between the group, which was on tape chanting, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? And pigs in a blanket and fry them like bacon with, you know, there are some honest protesters that use the word, but they're not part of the group. But, you know, when when you have a rise of violence such as we are having in New York City that is beyond scary, um, you have to wonder, uh, maybe we should maybe we should keep the city safe and secure first. Just an idea. You know, we have an election coming up Oh, in 116 days. I would think if right now, if I'm the mayor of Chicago, if I'm the mayor of New York City, if I'm the governor of New York State, the governor of Illinois, if I'm the governor of, of Washington State, I'm governor of California. I think the most important thing right now, Atlanta, mayor of Atlanta, I'm thinking I got to keep the citizens in my city safe and secure. And even in New York City, he got booed, meaning Comrade de Blasio did. The Utah governor's now declared a state of emergency due to civil unrest there. Seattle City Council, as I said, they're going to defund the police by 50%. Seattle police ice cream parlors apparently are barring police from carrying guns. They'll make their own laws, I guess. Maryland Governor uh, Hogan is disgusted by Baltimore Councilman's comments on possibly removing a, a police statute. Black Lives Matter, apparently, you know, th- th- this was in the Washington Times today, quoted our friend Larry Elder. And, he, and Larry Elder said, quote, in this article, more people have been shot and killed in Chicago at this point in 2020 than in 2019, despite two months of stay at home directives. He said, where is Black Lives Matter when you need them? Well, we got the answer. I'll play it later in the show with Don Lemon saying, no, no, the group Black Lives Matter is only against, you know, only against when police are involved in the killing of an African-American. And I'm like, why shouldn't it be all encompassing? And this was the point that Horace Lorenzo Anderson was making to me in this, this heartfelt interview I had with him last week. And he's right. And the father that lost a seven-year-old daughter that was making to Lawrence Jones on our program this week. And that father's right. And just simple, basic common sense. There is no pursuit of happiness. There, there is no equal justice if you don't live in a neighborhood that is safe and secure. If you want to talk about the ladder to success, well, if you have the failed educational system and you have lack of, lack of security you know, and safety in your own town or city... There's no pursuit of happiness. You rip away the, the rungs in the ladder. And that's what's happened after decades of democratic rule in these cities and in these states. I mean, it's getting scarier and scarier and scarier. And, you know, it's, you know, now we're going to get rid of the police. How do people think this is going to end here? How do you think this is going to end? Culminating now, this was in St. Petersburg, uh, Florida. Amid calls for police reform there, um, they announced yesterday that nonviolent calls in Tampa and St. Pete to the police are going to be handled by, quote, social workers rather than uniformed officers. Okay, I I don't expect that that's going to work out well either. Anyway, the social workers will respond, you know, when people are intoxicated or overdose. Well, some people intoxicated can be very violent. In case I, I know that from my years of bartending. People in mental health crisis, suicide, people that are suicidal or homeless people or neighbor disputes or disorderly kids. And okay, send in the social workers. We'll send in the psychiatrist. 
I'm not so sure that that's going to work out well. My gut tells me it's not. Minneapolis businesswoman, I'm left alone. I have nothing after the riots destroyed her hair salon. Now a city council member in, in Seattle, you know, she's she says that, well, OK, let's have Chop USA. You know, she's coming to overthrow the racist, sexist system of capitalism. Pretty much the Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez unity ticket, Pelosi and Schumer ticket. Um, de Blasio denied New York plan uh, would place the NYP under the control of an independent panel. Even New York lawmakers are scared to death of how dumb de Blasio is. And, you know, he would lose the authority over the NYPD under the state attorney general's plan. Never been a fan of the state attorney general, but certainly has a lot more sense than de Blasio. And meanwhile, of course, Cuomo and de Blasio, they just keep fighting every other day. But that's the state of things. And that's basically the state of where we're going to be and what's it, you know, what is now front and center in terms of what's at stake in this election. I mean, we now have the full proposal, what transforming America Biden means. I guess that means, yeah, we're going to defund the police. You know, it was his statement, not mine. It was Joe's statement about, yeah, and they now become the enemy of the people. Uh, surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, uh, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing is fundamentally changing the way and I've been pushing it for years, changing the way we deal with our prison system. So you got this new hundred and ten page document, basically the entire radical, extreme Bolshevik Bernie Sanders plan for America, the unity task force summary, as they call it. And, you know, it's kind of funny because Joe Biden's known for plagiarism. Neil Kinnock in the 1980s, he had to end his presidential campaign then when he was caught per literally plagiarizing word for word and later plagiarizing Robert Kennedy and then even accused of plagiarizing a paper in law school. Now he's trying to, you know, talk about American manufacturing at home when they said that, well, those jobs ain't coming back. Uh, now he's trying to say, you know, take on, well, we got to increase manufacturing. Now he's what going to plagiarize Donald Trump. We already have his eight years record. We already have the 125 year record of failure of Pelosi and Schumer and Biden. You know, 93. OK, Ocasio-Cortez, top advisor, 93 trillion dollar new green deal. OK, how are we going to afford that? Then we're going to have free paid medical leave, free housing, broad student loan forgiveness. How stupid, Linda. We, we've been stupid all these years. I paid off my student loan. Aren't you still paying off student loans? Oh, yeah. Plenty of that yeah. going around. You get the, you're going to get a universal health care you always dreamed of. How did it work out the last time Joe and Barack tried it? Not even very if well. You don't, even if you don't want it, you're going to pay the penalty. And you get amnesty for 11 plus million illegal immigrants will become the United Sanctuary States of America. Uh, you know, prevent ICE from deporting even criminal illegal immigrants when they and, get out of jail. And like Ethan said, so now we can't have guns and we can't have police. So uh, good mm -hmm. luck protecting yourself and your family. And Biden wants to outlaw the right to work. Oh, what? That's a nod to the unions. He force you to join a union whether you want to or not. So much for freedom of choice. He wants to eliminate cash bail. How do I mean, you you have bank robbers in New York 
It's thanks to Governor Cuomo's another brilliant decision of his. You have no bail. Bank robbers would be caught by police, brought to the booked, you know, get fingerprinted, and then they're released. No bail. Then they go out and commit another bank robbery and get caught again and released again. What did that one guy? He's he did five separate times. They kept releasing him out there to go rob banks. I guess they're encouraging all of this. So now we know what it means to transform America. And, and you know, for Bernie to say you'll be the most progressive candidate in history, that, 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 everything that we believe in terms of capitalism and free markets and the greatest wealth producing system of governance ever created that brings out every God-given talent and ability people have, the only people stopping that from happening is those, you know, states that have been run by Democrats for decades that have allowed the educational system to be destroyed, you know, that we should have fixed that. We should fix that. We know what Biden meant about transforming America now. And that means, yeah, enemy of the people. Great. What did he do after Ferguson and after Baltimore? Because we saw police, you know, taking on those that were involved in the unrest in those cities. They didn't do anything. As I keep saying, it was his criminal justice reform. You know, he was out there saying things like, you know, oh, oh, integration. I don't want my kids in a racial jungle and using the word predators and and his mentor and, you know, Hillary's mentor and, and Bill Clinton's mentor and Schumer and Pelosi's mentor, the former Klansman that filibustered the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act 6465. It took the vast majority of Republicans to get those bills passed. Nothing Republicans ever get credit for. You know, especially every two and four years when, you know, those ads come flying out that just accuse Republicans of every, you know, everything, racism, sexism, misogyny, you know, dirty air, water, the whole list I give you. You know, it's uh, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Worried his own kids would grow up in a, quote, racial jungle, he said. Can you believe that? What if Donald Trump said that? Trashing law enforcement? Referring to the police, they're now viewed as the enemy of the people. Wow. And he's, yeah, I'm going re- to redirect funding. Well, what are you going to do if that happens to you? In St. Petersburg, now we're going to what? No longer respond to emergency calls. We'll send in the social workers. Another brilliant idea. You know, you look at everything from this combating climate crisis, environmental justice, uh, reforming our criminal justice system, eliminating the police, defunding the police, you know, all of the, you know, the, all of the promises that everything in the world is free. Joe Biden's bought it all and, and taken it on hook, line and sinker. And I'm not sure he has the mental alertness, the strength and stamina to be president. So then that is, okay, well, we got to look at the people around him. Well, he made the deal with Bernie Sanders, the Bolshevik guy that actually honeymooned in the former Soviet Union and the squad leader, which is Ocasio-Cortez on the new Green Deal. So I would assume they'll be advising him. Critical laws like the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining on politics like prevailing and pro- look, I guess I'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm t- taking too much time, but we're going to have a breathtaking opportunity to create good paying union jobs, to deliver the promise of America to Americans who've been denied it for much too long, to rewrite our economy. So the prosperity flows, not just the CEOs, but the workers who actually build the country. 
uh, surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that... Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, uh, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing is fundamentally changing the way, and I've been pushing it for years, changing the way we deal with our prison system. You have reached the 911 police emergency line. Due to defunding of the police department, we're sorry, but no one is here to take your call. Leave your name and number, and someone will get back to you. Our estimated wait time is currently five days. Goodbye. All right, that uh, ad has been resonating big time around the country. But you think about it, and and Biden's comments this week about uh, how the police have become the enemy, and you know where was he when all of all of the the incidents that were occurring in Ferguson, in Baltimore, and elsewhere around the country? Where where was Joe? You know, all of this is just you know pablum at the end of the day um and transforming america what does that mean rewrite our economy what does that all mean well now we have some insight into it all thanks to this you know unity task force and of course now aoc is advising him on the new green deal issues uh john Kerry is in there helping you know climate uh, combating the climate crisis pursuing environmental justice uh, reforming our criminal justice system. What? So we'll do what they're doing down in Tampa Bay, Florida, and we're going to send in social workers instead of police. How's that going to work out for everybody? I'm, I, I'm, I'm not a graduate of MIT or Harvard, but uh, I think a little bit of common sense goes a long way here. It's not going to work well. Then, of course, the full-blown uh, acceptance of all things socialism, as outlined by Bernie Sanders, pretty much the exact same thing. And on every level, trans- I guess that's what it means to transform the country. It's it's unbelievable. None of it's affordable. These are false promises. As I say, in 25 days from now, when I release my new book, Live Free or America Dies, really, the America and the world on the brink, live free or die. You know, I, I go through socialism and it's entire disgusting, repulsive, power grabbing, false promises and failure, a history of failure. And then you you read that chapter after having read the chapter about the 2020 Democratic agenda, and you begin to realize, oh my God, this is exactly what they promised all uh, in every instance of failure. It can't succeed. Anyway, joining us are pollsters. We have uh, John McLaughlin and Matt Towery with us. Uh, Welcome both of you to the uh, program. Uh, Matt, let me start with you, and let's start with that ad, because I'm telling you, uh, if we don't have law and order and safety and security, and we have this defunding of the police, we see this this rapid rise in murder and crime and arson and, you know, chaz and chop zones resulting in disaster. You don't have any opportunity to pursue your dreams and pursue happiness. That should be the number one fundam- fundamental role of any government official to keep its citizenry safe. Well, Sean, let me give you the tale of two cities and, and explain why this ad really is resonating and in swing states. 
I left yesterday my home in St. Petersburg, Florida, to come to my hometown of Atlanta, where you used to broadcast, and people still know you well. And as I left St. Petersburg, my neighbors are all writing me, telling me that the uh, mayor and the police department there had decided that they would no longer answer any nonviolent crimes. They would send social workers, and other individuals beginning October 1st. Now, I have good friends in that area, too. I'm not putting people down, but I can tell you my neighbors and my friends, many of whom aren't political, we're all over the phone, upset, worried. They don't know how that's going to work, given the fact a lot of the people they're talking about can still be very violent without being classified as violent. Then I get to Atlanta, Georgia, which is a town that's on that's absolutely on edge because of the massive number, large number of murders that have taken place in this city since all of the uh, civil unrest started, and the fact that it's it's become uh, something that's really out of control. The governor has the uh, uh, the national guard activated. The president's ad that he has is hitting that tone right now, and I believe it's not for political reasons that I say this, but I'm saying that ad is touching both small cities and and areas like St. Petersburg, 200,000 people. And big areas like Atlanta, where you have millions of people in the same vein. And that's an amazing thing to have happen in 45 days. And your take on all of that, John McLaughlin? Well, I think I, I, the bottom line is that it is very effective. I mean, the campaign has done a great job with that. Uh, and, and again, I'm part of the campaign. But at the end of the end of uh, June, we did a survey for McLaughlinOnline.com poll. We put it up. And 57% to 30%, the majority of Americans opposed defunding the police. And Biden was ducking it then. And the reason they oppose is 68% of all voters think it's going to increase crime in the country. And they're not wrong. It must be even higher now. So Biden can no longer duck this. This week, you played the audio. Biden said this week, crazy, we drew him out from the basement, and he said the police have become the enemy. And he said that uh, that he support that he he said yes when he was asked if he would shift money from the police. The president has had a really good couple weeks. I mean, the battle over the monuments, which is more than a battle over monuments, it's changing history and changing our freedoms and values. And and I, I actually love the president's idea on a Garden of Heroes, which would be. Americans from all backgrounds, all race, colors, and, and all the great contributors to our uh, the, the greatest country on earth, and, and some right. of our most courageous uh, uh, heroes over the many decades. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yes, and they and, and you're right, because those, that's our, about freedom and about our values. And when you look at it, he, the Mount Rushmore speech was right on, the 911 ad is right on. Uh, and and Biden has now. We thought he was the moderate that was stopping so, uh, the Sanders and socialism. No, he just signed a 110-page manifest, manifesto that he's going to enact their socialist policies. And the president got exactly right today when he, you know, when he was heading down to to Florida to speak at the command. Uh, he was talking about the far left and the differences that that are there. And what's interesting, most interesting, one of those skewed liberal polls that had us down by 10 last month was taken July 4th and uh, July 3rd, July 4th over the weekend. And it was done for uh, the Hill Harris X had us nationally within four points and it's registered voters, not likely voters. It's not necessarily skewed our way. Let me tell you, the race is closing fast and it's because of this. And, you know, I look, I don't think Donald Trump polls well. We've all agreed with all of that. But to me, everything that has happened now is a game changer here. Um, you know, it was interesting. I had an update with Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. He lost his son 
uh, Horace Lorenzo uh, Anderson Jr. It, you know, it was shot in the the Summer of Love, Chaz Chop, Autonomous Zone, Spaghetti Potluck Dinner Zone uh, out in Seattle. And the president was the first politician to call this poor man. The mayor never called him. He didn't get a chance to even even identify his son's body. Uh, that was the first shooting that took place. That was the night the police and first responders, Matt Towery, had to get on bullhorns. Let me play it for you. They had to beg the anarchist, please, we're, we're only here to offer help and medical help to people that desperately need it. Listen. Please move out of the way so we can get to the You know, I'm Matt Towery, I mean, I, I, that it, you're, if you don't have fundamental safety and you're allowing the anarchists to take over city blocks and streets, the same thing happened in Atlanta. I mean, the mayor of Atlanta, we, we reported on it a week and a half prior to this, guys with their AR-15s in the parking lot of the burned down Wendy's where the Rayshard Brooks incident took place. And they're there with all these guys. They let them take over a city street. The, a mom just happened to drive in the wrong direction, and an eight-year-old kid is murdered in the back of the car because they're allowing yeah. this to go on. And, and, Sean, again, I alluded to when you were in Atlanta. When you were in Atlanta, you knew a good number of civil rights leaders like I did, Andy Young, Hosea Williams. I, I came to love and these guys. Moore. I mean, we didn't exactly. agree politically, and, and, but Maynard and, Jackson and, and, welcomed and, and, me to town the first day I was in the city. Well, and we respected the way they did things because they did not let violent. They, they were truly nonviolent um, disciples, and that's critical in, the, in any movement. This has now become something that none of those individuals would have anything to do with. When you start having murders and you have mayhem and people taking over areas of the city, I mean, they truly are scared in Atlanta. I mean, it is a scary town right now. So to, to your point, the impact this has politically as a pollster, I have to go, go back to the numbers. John's absolutely right. I feel a shift in this race occurring. And I think that shift is because of this very issue. And when Joe Biden decides to take the sort of positions he takes in order to appease the left, and we talked about this a long time ago, it, he, he had, in the long run is making it more difficult for him to answer these, these issues as this continues. And I, I alluded earlier to the sort of the, the fact that this is spreading from big cities to smaller cities, and you're seeing immediate ramifications. And you're going to start people see people all over this country where this is taking place and where the police are standing back and where they're being asked to give up certain rights or not be involved. And people who don't usually get involved in politics or don't care are going to start saying, what is going on in my neighborhood and my community? And that is something that will be a game changer in this race. So now we've got to look at the states that any Republican that ever wants to be president must win. Florida, obviously, John McLaughlin. Georgia, a must win. North Carolina, a must win. Uh, then you've got to look, okay, Ohio, another must win. No Republican has ever made it to the White House without the great state of Ohio. Then you've got to look at Pennsylvania, sure. Michigan, Wisconsin, maybe, maybe Minnesota this time. Who knows? You got to make sure you win Arizona. That's so that seems to be getting tighter, more more tight than I would prefer. Uh, look at Nevada, New Mexico, New Hampshire, and the main second congressional district is way more important than anybody could ever know because that could tip the balance literally by the one electoral vote in the end. Right, and and by the way, the, the states that you're listing out here. But first, let me compliment you. I saw that that in, uh, that interview that you did with the, the the poor father who lost his son from the shooting. And it was really powerful TV, really amazing, powerful TV, because 
No one's doing any marches. No one's getting out the fact that they're losing these young children that are getting killed across America now because of the situation. And, uh, uh, and you're also your interview with the president last night was extremely, extremely well done and powerful. But those states that you go into, all those polls that you quote, those are the same polls had us losing four years ago that we couldn't win, that Hillary had an electoral lock. And none of these polls have been coming back. You know, they haven't been done after all these things that are going on with these issues and the president's, uh, they don't wouldn't have his speeches. They wouldn't have the 5 million jobs report from last week. And what you're going to see is just like four years ago, these, these, when no one thought we could run, you know, that kind of a straight to win the election, to win all these close states, the president did that because he worked his butt off and, and the people agreed with him. And that's going to yeah. happen again right now because you're seeing it. Well, Matt's seen it. He's seen it in the cities. You're seeing it. And the voters in those areas, they're going to come around to it, and they're going to see the contrast between the radical left and the president. There's no doubt about it. Stay right there. Matt Towery and John McLaughlin are pollsters, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Your, your call's in the next half hour. All right, our final moments with our pollsters, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery. All right, the states that I mentioned, I won't reiterate them, all must-wins, I think, for the president. Where do you see this race headed in 116 days, Matt Towery? Well, I think that you're going to start seeing some of these states that the Democrats think they have in the bag. Florida, I don't think Florida is going to go Democrat. I think it's going to go Republican. Georgia's more iffy. North Carolina's on the edge. But I think some of these other states where uh, the president did well last time, he could do them better this next time, partially because you're going to see, again, this hidden vote that won't say it's voting for Donald Trump, but will somehow surprise everyone on Election Day. And your final word, uh, John McLaughlin. The voters are about to see, have to answer the question, are you better off? Are you and will you be safe in Joe Biden's America? And they won't be because the radical left is running this guy for president. So those states are coming around and Matt feels it and you you feel it. And uh, we've just got to keep pushing and running like an underdog. I have a simple room. Listen, always play like you're behind. You got literally it's the two minute drill. You have no timeouts. You're on your own 20. You got to march down the field 80 yards. You got to cross the plane and you got to kick the extra point to win. And by the way, Linda has no idea what I just said. But Absolutely that's, what, that's how you got to view this race. Every vote will matter. And if these plans are implemented, America, uh, literally, it will be the most precipitous, dramatic decline in world history. It will it, it, it'll make America unrecognizable. No oil and gas. Genius idea. No police. Another genius idea. All right. Thank you both. When we come back, we'll hit the phones on this Friday. We'll also get into this law and order issue with Bernie Carrick and Sergeant uh, Dimitrik uh, Penny's going to join us and much more as we continue on this Friday. All right. I can't wait, wait. We have some announcements. I don't know if it'll be as early as next week, but announcements on live free or die America and the world on the brink. And of course, in Latin, live free or America dies. You think we're kidding? Just look at law and order. No police. Uh, yeah, that's a really genius idea. How do you think that's going to work out? Bernie's socialist utopia. Well, I have a whole chapter in the book about uh, socialism and its history of failure. Now, well, no, it succeeded in some instances. No, it hasn't. Every time false promises are made, expectations rise through the roof. Just give us power. We'll give you everything for free. It's been tried and tried and tried again. And we lay out the whole history of failure. The the most shocking part of it, though, is I juxtapose that chapter in the book with the chapter on the Democrats 2020 agenda. And you know what it turns out to be? 
the exact same phony promises that always end in failure. And it's just not going to, it will not end well. No oil and gas. How do you think that's going to work out for America? How do you think the redistribution model is going to work out for America? How do you think the promises that everything free is going to work out for America? How did Obamacare work out for you? So these are all false promises. You know, a, a simple, you know, simple math in your head. It's like, okay, you take in four, four and a half trillion a year. You're going to spend 94 trillion in 10 years on the new green deal and 52 trillion on the new healthcare system. And okay. Uh, the, it doesn't add up mathematically. Now you're at the point of what? 75, 85%, you know, of, of people's incomes. Let me tell you what smart people with money are going to do. They're going to leave the country. You see the mass exodus out of New York, New Jersey, and California and other states. Why are they leaving burdensome bureaucracy? They're leaving because of unfair taxation, confiscatory taxation. They're leaving because of the high incidence and levels of violence. They're leaving because they're not feeling safe and secure anymore. And they don't like the idea of, of hearing we're not going to have a police force. Uh, and they're leaving because you see utter, complete failure and incompetence in all of these blue states. Look, just look at the coronavirus reaction. Look at how dumb they were in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Michigan. And there's your answer. That's what you get. That you a preview of coming attractions. You want to know what America is going to look like under Joe Biden and and Bernie Sanders socialism and AOC's Green New Deal? Under Schumer and Pelosi, you, you've got a preview of coming attractions. Look at New York. Look at New Jersey. Look at Michigan. Now, Pennsylvania is doing better in other areas, but it has you know, little to do with the governor. It all has everything to do with energy. That Joe Biden wants to eliminate and will capitulate to the extremist in his party. So you can count and kiss those those jobs goodbye. That's what's at stake in 116 days. That's what we lay out in our book, Live Free or America Dies in 125 Days. This is it. America, those policies will render America unrecognizable. You want to talk about a precipitous, dramatic failure, fall of a of a once great country. That will be that that will be the, the ending chapter because the, this great country Imperfect, yes, but always striving to become a more perfect union using something called the Constitution to right wrongs and correct injustices. It's been working too slow. It's working, made a lot of progress. We have a lot more progress to make. We were making a lot of progress before the, quote, invisible enemy. And that was as represented by record low unemployment for every single solitary demographic group in the country. You can have all the symbolism and all the slogans and all the bumper stickers and, you know, the race card played every two and four years. How about results? Results matter. You know, Biden, Obama failed. 13 million more Americans food stamps, 8 million more poverty, lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, the worst recovery since the 40s. Okay, Donald Trump shattered record after record after record. Month after month, record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, and African-American youth unemployment. Okay, 
Now, he's keeping American cities safe and secure. By the way, Linda, did you hear last night? Because I had heard from a, I heard from a source in Seattle. I just wasn't able to confirm it. The only reason that dopey Seattle mayor ever moved was because Donald Trump, they sent a message. If you don't do it, we're coming in within days. Did you know that? Yeah, That's I mean, easy. she. The, the problem there is that she actually said that that was why she did it. And then she said, um, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to make this a permanent memorial. And we're going to and I'm like, you were not even letting the police in to rescue lives. What are you making a memorial of the, the death you allowed? I, I don't even understand what she's talking about. Uh, listen, uh, I'm just telling you, who knows? All I know is I've interviewed Horace Lorenzo Anderson, senior who lost his his namesake son, Junior, 19 years old. You know, other people died in the zone. You know, look at, we we had our own little version of a chop chad zone in Atlanta. Look at New York now. Everybody, nobody can go out um, and and not social distance unless you're a protester. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense to me. These are the times that we're living in. It's getting nuttier and nuttier and nuttier and scare, frankly scarier. Look what de Blasio said. De Blasio is now saying no large gatherings except for the BLM movement. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's it's completely insane. I'm like, everyone is susceptible to the same virus. The virus is not picking and choosing BLM participants, non-BLM participants. By the way, they're now, the medical community is now fully recognizing that, you know, all the politicians that were silent during these protests and, you know, all the anarchy, you know, they didn't say a word about COVID-19 until Donald Trump decided to hold a rally. Then they decided to say something. Oh, it's the most urgent ever. Um, look, I'm not a doctor. I've given my opinion on all of this in terms of masks and, and everything else in between. Uh, by the way, and you know, it looks like finally justice now. The president was pretty clear last night how disgusted he is and. And Roger Stone and Manafort and Flynn and Papadopoulos. And he's right. He's He's been right. He is right. And you know what? If you don't have a fair and impartial jury, guess what? You didn't get justice in America. And every American deserves that. Whether you like a person, don't like a person, like their political views, don't. That, that's supposed to be applied to everybody. And I don't care if it was a jury against Hillary Clinton. You find out the jury for person is written publicly, you know, out there hating her. That person can't sit on a jury and be considered fair and impartial. So obviously the president um, moving in the right direction. And I think there's going to be a lot more coming, too. All right. Let's get back to our phones. Uh, all right. Let's say hi to Guy. And uh, let's go to Carrie in Minneapolis. Carrie in Minneapolis. How are you? Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So I just wanted to tell my story from Minneapolis, what happened. My 12-year-old son plays for a um, travel football team out of North Minneapolis. That's awesome. Yeah, and two and a half weeks ago, um, it was about 43 kids got caught in the middle of a gang shootout out on the field. Um, The bullets were pinging off the posts above the kids. Coaches were shielding kids with their bodies, throwing kids (sighs) to the ground. Um, I was down behind a car. Hearing the bullet, the bullets whizz over Please my tell head. me nobody got caught in the crossfire, please. Please tell me that. None of, none of the kids, by the grace of God, none of the kids got hit. I don't know how. Um, when the shooting paused for a little bit because the car was coming back around to do another round at them, which was right next to us, 
um, the coaches. Now, by the way, this is the same vote. Minneapolis where the city council has a veto-proof majority to defund the yes. police and get rid of the police department. Is that the same city? That is the same city, the oh. same city council that hired, that hired themselves private security. Oh, yeah, no, no. They spent, they're spending tons of taxpayer dollars hiring yes. private security for themselves because they feel threatened over their yes. vote. Yes. Yeah. yes. By the way, no, Hollywood, no, Hollywood no stars, no. the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, they all have private security. Comrade de Blasio, mm-hmm. Andrew Cuomo, they all have. They all have and by the way, I think politicians at a high level should have security. I have no problem with it. But if you're going to have security, don't just can you at least afford the community police and at least afford Americans the right to protect their own homes? Anyway, go ahead. No, um, we we ended up having to evacuate the kids out ourselves because the shooting wouldn't stop. There's over 50 rounds fired. Um, the coach hopped in his van. I hopped in my truck and we moved it over to where the kids were in an alcove because the way the shooting was rolling, it was rolling towards us to where the kids were going to be in the open again. Um, and just loaded kids and piled them into cars to evacuate them out of there. I, I mean, listen, I, this breaks my heart. This is Chicago every weekend. This is now New mm-hmm. York City every weekend. And, and frankly, during the week. It's happening during the weekend on the weekends. This is C- the Seattle. This is California. This is defund the police. This is sanctuary cities. This is amnesty. This is what's on the line in 116 days. Sad. I'm glad all the boys are safe. I wish your son all the best in his in his travel football league and and whatever his dreams and aspirations for a sport happen to be. Um, but you know what? You don't get to pursue happiness when bullets are flying over your head on a football field. I mean, that's that's simple. That's sad. But right, as we continue, only 116 days till you're the ultimate jury. Back to our busy phones. Um, Guy in Wisconsin. Guy, how are you, sir? I'm great, John. Hey, President Trump and his tens of millions of supporters, we were all deeply affected by the brutal, cold-blooded murder of George Floyd. We've been outraged by the senseless murder of African-American children and by the outrageous murders and shootings of many other African-Americans, just like the prior caller. We are deeply saddened by those who brutalize our fellow American citizens and who commit these murders and these shootings. We know that police brutality may be the product of racism by individuals who commit this brutality. This racism has got to be weeded out of police forces and must be prevented from being allowed to enter our police forces in the future. We know that these murders and these shootings are oftentimes a reflection of despair and rage that are the product of hopelessness. Our federal, state, and local governments need to address the root causes of this rage and this despair. Local governments in large cities, as you have said many times, have failed at this task for decades. President Trump, on the other hand, has taken steps to provide hope. He's provided an economy that has provided a record no- number of jobs for African-Americans. Hey, for Guy, let me ask you a question. I'm a, I'm a, I've been doing this 31 years. Be honest. You're reading this, aren't you? I am. Mm-hmm. Well, at least thanks for being honest. Let me ask you, why don't you speak for your heart? Tell me what you sum this up for us from your heart. I think that we all have to take a hard look at the future of our country and for ourselves, for our communities. The bottom line is this. You can't expect what has failed in the past to work in the future. That's the definition of insanity, to keep trying the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. President Trump has shown what he can do, but not only him, but his supporters in mass. We believe in the people, 
the citizens of our country. We want to help them. All we need is the chance to make this change happen. There was a chance when George Floyd was killed to, to work on a consensus all across our country. Well, let me, let me just echo your sentiment. Let me, let me tell you what this is. This is the greatest choice election in your lifetime. If you, if you believe, as I do, that this is the shining city on the hill, the greatest country God ever gave man. Yes, we, we, we have a system, a beautiful system where we can right wrongs and correct injustices. We've made progress. We have a lot, long way to go, a long way to go. Nobody's disputing that. And the beauty of it is the reason that we've accumulated this power and we don't, we've abused it less than any other country, but we've also taken the freedom experiment, the liberty experiment, and we have taken all of its natural God-given talents and creations to, that have come to fruition, and we've advanced the, the human condition more than any other country in the history of mankind, and we've shared it with the rest of the world, and we'll continue to do that. That is the beauty of America. That is the beauty of liberty and freedom. In the name of security, this, this socialist utopia, you will give up your freedoms. You will give up your liberties. This new Green Deal will eliminate capitalism. It'll eliminate the lifeblood of the world's economy. And if you can't understand that, then we'll get the hellhole socialist failures that are predictable and guaranteed. It will, be, it will destroy America at its foundational successful roots in terms of the economy and, and freedom and liberty. And I'm telling you, it's, it, it's, it's scary on a lot of levels. Anyway, thank you for the call. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. Remnants of another violent crime scene serve as a reminder to neighbors in St. Albans, Queens, that lately gun violence is on the rise in New York City. No community or age group seems to be immune. It's terrible. <laughs> gun violence is terrible. Authorities say a teenage boy was shot in the neck and torso around 5 p.m. on 166th Street. He's still in serious condition at the hospital, but is expected to survive. It should not be going on, period, especially kids, and it happened in broad daylight. It's crazy. I was home. I heard two, three shots. Fern Howell lives only yards away from the scene. She grew up in this house, spending 70 years here, saying crime has been getting worse. When they disbanded that unit, the gun unit, all this stuff, puff, because the city was doing all right. In the past week, there were 101 victims of shootings citywide, compared to 33 the same week last year, a 206% increase. The fact that so many people uh, have nothing to do, have lost their jobs, there's no school to go to, there's tremendous frustration and pain and trauma, there is no court system functioning. I think those are the really big factors here. Similar to de Blasio on Monday, NYPD Chief of Department Terrence Monahan blamed a multitude of factors for the rise in crime, including the release of prisoners from Rikers Island to avoid overcrowding and the spread of coronavirus. They say in June, 275 inmates released were rearrested 550 times. On top of all this, the courts have been shut down and many individuals who are indicted by a grand jury on gun charges are not in jail, but instead are free, awaiting for the courts 
to open up. The top spokesman for the state court system calls the assertion absurd, claiming, quote, the courts have operated continuously throughout the pandemic, arraigning defendants, holding hundreds of hearings and conferencing thousands of cases. And back here in Queens, police are still working diligently to catch whoever shot this teenager. All right, there you have it. The, uh, oh, what's happening? A rise of gun violence all over New York. wonder why that's happening. And then Comrade de Blasio, uh, li- by the way, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, my interview with the president at the bottom of this half hour. Then Comrade de Blasio, not only cutting a billion dollars from the NYPD, now he's canceled all large events in New York City. And they're, they're, they're going to any bar where there's not exactly six feet social distancing. And they're not only shutting them down, they're taking away their liquor licenses. Well, let me tell you what that means. Whatever hundreds of thousands of dollars you invested, maybe more, uh, in your restaurant, your bar, whatever, that means you can't do business anymore. You're done. Well, that's going to end up in a bankruptcy. You're going to see the largest mass exodus out of states as a result of their incompetence over the coronavirus. And they're embracing this defund the police madness. Everybody has to socially distance in New York unless you're a psycho, uh, you know, anarchist that wants to go out and protest. That's what that's what Bill de Blasio said. Let's play it. What about protests? If people want to march down Fifth Avenue, are they going to be allowed to do so? Look, Wolf, this is always an area of real sensitivity. If you're just talking about health, we would always say, hey, folks, you know, stay home if you can. But we understand at this moment in history, people are talking about the need for historic changes. I mean, today in New York City, you know, recognizing the power and the meaning of the message Black Lives Matter, which we did in front of Trump Tower today, uh, this is a historic moment of change. We have to respect that, but also say to people, the, the kinds of gatherings we're used to, the, the parades, the fairs, we just can't have that while we're focusing on health right now. Oh, okay. There we go. Another genius uh, it, uh, comment by de Blasio. You know, unbelievable. Uh, then you got, of course, the quote of the week. Joe Biden comes out of the basement. What does he do? He embraces all things Bolshevik Bernie Sanders socialism. And then he embraces all things AOC, his advisor. And then, of course, his enemy of the people line, meaning the police. Listen. Uh, surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is that Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, uh, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing is fundamentally changing the way and I've been pushing it for years, changing the way we deal with our prison system. OK, genius. Anyway, joining us, we have a former NYPD police commissioner, also author of The Grave Above the Grave. Uh, Remember, he was the police commissioner in New York City, showed amazing leadership and courage on 9-11-01. And by the way, was the former lieutenant commander of the NYPD counterterrorism unit. Uh, Also, Sergeant Demetric Penny is with us, 21-year veteran of the Dallas Police Force. And by the way, he's now a congressional candidate in Texas for the 30th Congressional District. Welcome both of you back to the program. Bernie, I've known you a long time. Uh, one of the things I've admired so much about you over the years is what you and Rudy Giuliani accomplished. And that is that you identified areas that had the highest concentration of violence and crime. 
You weren't looking at demographics. Where's the crime? And you you went in and you targeted those areas with a heavy police presence. And we went from about 2,500 murders a year down to, it even got as low as 300 at some point, but down to about 500 while you were still in office and and Mayor Giuliani was in office. Yeah, we dropped it, uh, Sean, honestly, uh, down about 70% uh, the murder rate. 65% 65% the violent crime rate. And in the black communities, you know, Bed-Stuy, Crown Heights, uh, East New York, the murder rate dropped almost 80%. So when I see cities like New York today, when I see Chicago and Baltimore and Atlanta and Minneapolis, don't tell me it can't be done. It's all about leadership. It's about resources. It's about funding. And it's about somebody that can stand up and say, this is what has to get done. This is how we're going to do it. Now go do the job you're supposed to do. And by the way, you know, I don't think anybody, Sergeant uh, Penny, was any more critical of the top officials in the FBI. It pained me to do it because of my love of law enforcement, but the truth is the truth. And the bottom line is they abuse power uh, as it relates to FISA fraud, premeditated fraud on a FISA court, uh, as it relates to not uh, having equal justice applied in the Hillary Clinton case and uh, unequal justice under the law. And, of course, lying under oath. But I always said that that's the one percent. Everybody agreed this could never happen again. What happened to George Floyd? Everybody agreed. And the president is the one that put in police reforms that stop chokeholds unless your life is in jeopardy. Uh, Joe didn't do it. Barack didn't do it. They didn't have criminal justice reform. They didn't have police reform. Donald Trump did all of that. Right. Right. This, this was the, this is the complete disconnect in the, in the current American politics right now. We, we see that now these politics are all coming out, and this is what troubles me. i, I got to go back to your monologue real quick, uh, uh, Sean, because the monologue, when you pointed out these politicians, they get up and they start off talking about uh, Black Lives Matter, and, and then they'll go into whatever else they're saying. Guys, Black Lives Matter is a domestic terrorist organization. You hear it first. I've told you this in 2015. Hey, by the way, no, no, Sergeant, you've got to make a distinction here. The Black Lives Matter groups... And again, you don't see them in Chicago every weekend. Uh, you don't see them no. in New York City now because 97% of, of all people that were victims of shooting are minorities in New York City. And Absolutely. this is the one, this is the group that chanted, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? The group, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. The people that say the word Black Lives Matter, I make a distinction. I think you do too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I'm, it's I'm, the group I'm you're talking about. And I'm... And- I'm law enforcement. I'm black. Okay, I support black people. I've been in. I'm my community is is is, is all black. We've been subjected to to black crime to black on black crime for years. That's not the issue. This group only comes out whenever it's a, a shooting involving a police officer, a white police officer, and a black individual. And they're not even talking about the black people. We're not talking about upstanding. Black citizens that are just doing great things and they get killed by police. We're talking about a lot of them are individuals that are doing things nefariously that are getting themselves killed by police. So that's the, the, the whole, let's, let's make sure we address that issue to begin with. And secondly, we got to get into how these groups even organize. We got to talk about that. This is where, the, since 2015, I've been pointing out, they've been using social media as this platform to recruit and radicalize. And now, in this time, what just happened, the George Floyd riot, those were all based on 
a, a, an, an international workers world, uh, uh, workers uh, group that's on, on Telegram, they organized those pages specifically for to rile the black community up. And now, guess what? Those Telegram, those same Telegram pages are now evolving to talk about workers' rights, blacks for workers' rights. We got manipulated. We got played. And that's what the black community needs to be. But this was all to. part of an exchange. And, and again, it raises questions. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I now have interviewed and Lawrence Jones interviewed the father that lost a little seven year old beautiful girl in Chicago. And I interviewed Horace Lorenzo Anderson uh, Sr. lost his, his namesake junior son in the Chaz Chop Summer of Love Zone, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm, l- let me play that exchange. And, and it's very revealing with uh, CNN's Don Lemon. This is the black America's version of the Me Too movement. If anything is going to change, we ourselves need to look at our own communities and look at each other and say, this thing cannot go down. And, And this is the thing too, there are a lot of great, great people there who are held hostage, who are held hostage by people who literally are, are, are running these neighborhoods with violence and then claiming that Black Lives Matter. When you look at the parents of these little kids who are mentioning, saying, hey, man, why aren't they speaking up for me, too? And then this is what I'm saying. It's, it, when I look at this whole thing about, you know, it's about who is controlling the narrative. It's, not, it, it's got to be all Black Lives Matter. And what's happened? is that because I even challenged it, because I even questioned and warned okay, people, Terry, I, I became sick. Like, I, if I, I told get you it. to wear a mask, but they Terry, want to kick you out. You're, you're a high-profile person. You're writing things out there. You know you're going to get backlash. You know people are going to respond to what you're saying on Twitter. So I just, I don't think you should be surprised by that. I, you know, I have a, a skin as tough as an armadillo because of what I do. And I think maybe you should adapt that. But here's here's what I have to say. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement was started because it was talking about police brutality. If you want an all Black Lives Matter movement that talks about gun violence in communities, including, you know, black communities, then start that movement with that name. But that's not what Black Lives Matter is about. It's not an all encompassing. So if you're talking about um, if, if someone started a movement that said uh, cancer matters, and then someone comes in and says, why aren't you talking about HIV? It's not the same thing. We're talking about cancer. So the Black Lives Matter movement is about police brutality and injustice in that manner, not about what's happening in black neighborhoods. If you, There are people who are working on that issue. And if you want to start that issue, why don't you start it? I mean, that says it all, uh, Sergeant. And we'll let uh, Bernie weigh in. Hey, Sean. You know, I have to laugh. It's it, you know, uh, Don Lemon. You know, he's 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 positioning himself like a shell game. This isn't a game. Black Lives Matter. Um, if you go on their website, they don't even talk that much about police brutality or systemic racism. They can't because it doesn't exist. But what does exist is the systemic slaughter of black men and women in black communities, and they ain't doing a damn thing about it. If they were really, if they really wanted to help save black lives, they'd be out there. What they want to do is they want to use black lives to promote their political agenda. And their agenda is a Marxist agenda. Their agenda is the overthrow of this government as we know it. 
We know that because their founder is is a, is a is a, a trained Marxist. All right, Bernie. So I think all lives matter, but apparently, if you say that, I guess that's controversial. But to say the Black Lives Matter group is not about what's happening in Chicago and Seattle and and Atlanta to me is unconscionable because I'm interviewing the families that are losing their children. Yeah, that's right. And and the bottom line is, they don't really care. They could care less. What they do is they. It's just like the Nietzsche said earlier. They take one event, they take George Floyd, and they stirred up the entire country and created these massive riots in addition uh, to Antifa and promoted this insane Marxist agenda. That's what they're about. That's what they're about. If you, All you have to do is go on their website, listen to their founders. Their founders are admitted, trained Marxists. Their founders were inspired by Joanne Chesimard who murdered a New Jersey state trooper in 1973, is in exile in Cuba right. now, lives in Cuba. One of the most horrific domestic well, I'm going to tell you something. That we're going to watch, Bernie, I don't mean to cut you off, we're just out of time, but we'll see the biggest mass exodus in history. Uh, Commissioner Carrick, thank you. Sergeant, thank you. Congressional uh, District 30 in Texas, uh, you're a candidate. We wish you all the best in that race, uh, Sergeant Penny. Thank you. All right, when we come back, my interview with the president on the other side, uh, and we'll continue on this Friday. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Yes, live free or die. America and the world on the brink. Subtitle in Latin, live free or America dies. We'll have some announcements maybe as early as next week um, about plans that we have that uh, hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll be excited to join us in. And uh, anyway, but it's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com. If you want to guarantee first week delivery of the book, and it is the definitive story of what is at stake in 116 days. It's also what has made America great. What, 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 what are the principles that have made this the greatest country God has given man? You know, what is it that these radicals in the, in the Democratic 2020 agenda, what do they want to do to the country? Well, we now know. Well, the police are the enemy. Uh, we want to uh, transform America, rewrite our economy, eliminate oil and gas okay that's their agenda just so you know and when you read it it is the most comprehensive and then i i literally purposefully dovetail their agenda next to a chapter on socialism and its history of failure i also give you chapter and verse of what they have done the damage they've done with this phony russian conspiracy theory hoax this ridiculous failed a, a, attempt at basically a coup and impeaching the president and what they and with the help of the the enemy of the people, as the president says, the hate Trump media mob, what they will do to freedoms in this country and also the other side. What it means? What is at stake? Well, simple, lower taxes, law and order, uh, no amnesty, a border wall. We're not going to become the United Sanctuary States of, uh, of America. Energy independence constitutional loving judges appointed to the courts. Hopefully some mistakes are made. Um, better trade deals so American manufacturers can do better. Holding countries like China accountable. Uh, taking military action when needed. That would be ending the caliphate. Biden and Obama wouldn't do it. They had handcuffs on, on our military. Uh, taking out the likes of Baghdadi and his top uh, lieutenants. Taking out Soleimani taking out the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen, and also not involving having American troops any longer due to new military technology. We don't have to go door-to-door -door in any country ever again. 
We don't have to do it. If we decide we're going to go to war, we've got the technology, and we can, if you fight it, you fight it, you win it, you leave. No more half-assed, oh, we're half in it, then, oh, it gets politicized, then, oh, never mind, after so many, you know, our national treasure goes, fights, bleeds, dies, and comes back with the most heinous injuries. We can't fight wars like that anymore. Anyway, it's on Hannity.com. Amazon.com, live free or die 25 days from now, and we're 116 days away from the most important election uh, in, I think, most pivotal tipping point election in our lifetime. Uh, All right. With that said, let's go to the uh, interview I had last night with the president, and here are some of the key moments. We need safety. We need security. We can't defund our police, and we can't abolish our police. They want to abolish our police, and as far as the surplus equipment, I've given out hundreds of millions of dollars. This is stuff that was sitting in storage houses all over the country. It wasn't even old, but it was never going to be used again. It was gathering dust, and I gave it out to all of our police forces all over the country. Saved many, many police lives, and many lives, I think, period. It was really, a lot of it was protective equipment, and I know that President Obama and Biden didn't want to give it out. They thought it was terrible to give it out. It made the police look too strong. And I gave it out, and I have been thanked by every police department. Mr. President, while the summer of love zone turned into a shooting zone, and you see what's happening, shootings up, violent crime is up, murder is up, you know, 130% shootings up in New York City. You see the statistics in Chicago every weekend. How do you react to that? Well, first of all, New York City is not recognizable. Crime is way up. Shootings are way up. Murder is way up. It's just unbelievable. Chicago, what's going on in Chicago, and we are looking at it very seriously because we're going to have to do something. We've asked them, you know, we're really supposed to be asked to come in and help the federal government, and we have the greatest people in the world, and we can solve it. But we're supposed to be asked, so the mayor or the governor of Illinois should be asking, but they don't want to ask. And uh, you look every weekend and every week in Chicago, it's just numbers that are not believable. Atlanta is starting to have some problems. So we're ready to act. And at some point we may have to act anyway. We may have to do it sooner rather than later. One of the reasons that the Seattle mayor finally acted is that they were given a notice that if they didn't act, that you were going to. Is there any truth to that? hundred percent. We were going in. We were going in very soon. We let them know that. And uh, they all of a sudden, they didn't want that. So they went in before we got there. And But we were going in very shortly, very soon. And we would have taken the uh, chop. I call it chop. We would have taken it back very easily. But uh, they went in. And frankly, the people just gave up. They were tired. They had it for a long period of time. But because of the fact that we were going to go, go in. Now, if you look at Minneapolis, uh, after four or five days of horror, we called them. We said, you got to get out the National Guard. We insisted that they do it. When the National Guard finally got out, they walked through it like a knife goes through butter. That was the end of their problem. That was it. It was a great job done by the National Guard. And, uh, yeah, we were all set to go into Seattle. Frankly, I looked forward to it. Joe is just, look, let's face it, he's been taken over by the radical left. He has no clue what they're doing and what they're getting him into. This is worse than Bernie Sanders at his at his best. 
And you look at the deal they made with Bernie Sanders now in the group. It's all crazy radical left stuff. And Joe's never going to be able to fight it, even if he disagreed with it, which I actually don't think he does. I think they, you know, there's an expression, an old expression was used badly a long time ago in politics. I think they brainwashed him. They brainwashed him. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what he's doing. And our country will suffer. Our stock markets will crash. Uh, bad things will happen. They will defund the police. They will abolish the police. It will be uh, maybe a backlash or maybe it'll just go to hell like Venezuela. And do you think he's trying to back out of debating you? Well, yeah, the answer is yes, absolutely. But, you know, he he meant the COVID tests, the COVID tests. He didn't mean cognitive. He meant COVID. No, he said cognitive. I'm pretty, well, I'm I know, pretty but sure he, he went but on he to... didn't mean that because, you know, you don't have those tests that often. He said, I take them all the time. And no, he meant COVID, but I think he was confused by the, the question and the words and everything else. He, he didn't mean that because he hasn't taken any cognitive tests because he couldn't pass one. I actually took one when I uh, very recently when I uh, when I was, you know, the radical left was saying, is he all there? Is he all there? And I proved I was all there because I, I aced it. I aced the test. And he should take the same exact test, a very standard test. I took, took it at Walter Reed uh, Medical Center. Uh, in front of doctors, and uh, they were very surprised. They said, that's an unbelievable thing. Rarely does anybody do what you just did. But he should take that same test. What do you make of these hot spots, as we call them, in, in Florida and Texas and, and other states, and Dr. Fauci's comments? Well, first of all, the mortality rate, and Dr. Fauci's a nice man, but he's made a lot of mistakes. Like, you don't have to ban him coming in from very infected China. I did it anyway, and we saved hundreds of thousands of lives. I banned Europe from coming in when Italy and when France and Spain were having all the problems that we saved hundreds of thousands of lives. A lot of people said, don't do it. They've been wrong about a lot of things, including face masks. Maybe they're wrong, maybe not. But a lot of them said, don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask. And now they're saying wear a mask. So a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes were made. A lot of mistakes. We are testing and creating. It's the greatest thing that ever happened for the opposite party. But we're doing something that nobody's ever done to the extent. And we're doing a great job. But we have a mortality rate, think of this, that's tenfold better than any other. We, what we're doing is incredible. If you look, you've heard the numbers, tenfold. We have fewer people dying, and our people have done an incredible job. And one other thing, we're very well on the way to a vaccine, very well on the way therapeutically, therapeutics, we're very well on the way. We've got a lot of great things happening. We already do, we do have some that are that are very effective or at least effective. And a lot of very good things have happened. A lot of really good things are doing a great job. But the testing is just showing up all these cases. And if you turn the news on, you'll see it's always the word cases. They don't talk about death because deaths are way down. Well, first of all, I'm an under tax audit, okay? So, I mean, they treat, the IRS treats me just like they used to treat the Tea Party, except worse. And I'm under tax audit. I have been for a long period of time. We made a deal a long time ago. And once I ran for politics, that deal was like uh, we didn't make it. So I'm uh, under a continuing audit. And anybody that did that or showed that before you have it finalized, but they treat, they treat me horribly, the IRS, horribly. It's a disgrace what's happened. We had a deal done. In fact, it was, I guess it was signed even. And once I ran or once I won or somewhere back a long time ago uh, everything was like well let's start all over again 
it's a disgrace. So uh, I was disappointed, and and at the same time, it was uh, because I think we a president should get protection from thousands of prosecutors out there, thousands all over the country. Uh, they could go after you, and you're supposed to be running the country. I'll tell you, Justice Alito wrote a totally brilliant decision. Uh, he wrote something today that really got it. Justice Thomas, likewise, was was great. They were the Another two uh, that that came. So it it was uh, look. It basically, sends it all back, and we start all over again. I guess that's what it means. Bad things happened, and Strook and Page, the two lovers, and uh, many other people. Many other people. When you look at, uh, I could I could go down a list of lots of people. They were spying on my campaign. It was totally illegal. If that were the other way around, the people would be in jail for 50 years and it would have started two years ago. It's a disgrace what's going on. We caught them 100%. As far as General Flynn, he's a, a great hero. He's a great gentleman. What they're doing to that man, they've destroyed that man, but he'll come back. He's going to come back. Roger Stone was treated very unfairly, unbelievably unfairly. And I watched that, and I thought it was incredible the way that He's man about was to treated, go to jail, including you know that. with the jury forewoman who was. It was disgraceful, and the judge, the way she treated him, I think it was a disgrace that they didn't give him a retrial. Roger Stone and Papadopoulos. I mean, you—they have a tape of his conversation. If anything, he's like. It was a perfect, as I said about my conversation, I turned out to be right. It was a perfect conversation that Papadopoulos had, and they destroyed him, too, and put him in jail for two weeks. So these people and Paul Manafort, what they did to that man is is a disgrace. Let's, what is your second term agenda? Well, first of all, I didn't know I was criticized for that answer because it's a simple question. First of all, we're going to defeat the, the invisible enemy, and, that's, and we're well on our way. And uh, as again, I told you, the uh, mortality rate is uh, tenfold down. We're going to rebuild the economy. We're going to bring back jobs from all of these foreign lands that have stolen our jobs on horrible trade deals. We're going to continue to make great trade deals. We're going to finish uh, rebuilding our wall. We're going to finish. We're going to have that. It's going to be almost complete by the end of this year. Shortly thereafter, it's finished. It's made a tremendous difference. You see, we're doing record numbers on the border. Very few people are able to get through. We're rebuilding with our military. We've rebuilt the military, $2.5 trillion. We're fixing up the VA for our vets, what the job we've done there between choice and accountability. We have choice where they have, where they can go out and get a doctor if they're sick. They don't have to wait for five weeks, six weeks, two weeks. Uh, so we're doing great with the vets, and the vets are loving Trump. We're protecting our Second Amendment, so important. We need more judges and more justices. You see that now with the Supreme Court more than ever. And the next president, I've had two, and the next president's going to be able to pick two or three or one or whatever, but a lot of justices. And that means everything, whether it's for life or other things. I mean, it means so much. But protecting the Second Amendment, getting more judges— all of the things that we've done, nobody has done what this administration has done in the first three and a half years. Nobody's even come close. When you look at everything that we're doing, now what we're doing is working on lowering drug prices and uh, knocking out special interests because it's not easy. We're fighting for choice. We did it for the veterans. Now we're doing it for school, too. We want choice in school so a parent can take their child to a school of their choice. And that's happening very, good, very, very well. 
And we have many things that we're doing and many things that we've already completed. And uh, you can't do more than what we've done. I think we've set records on every. We actually set a record on judges. We're going to be, by the time of the end of this year, we'll be up to almost 300 uh, federal judges. And that's a a record. That's incredible, including D.C. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Monday, 113 days to go until you become the ultimate jury. And on Monday, only 22 days for the release of Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. We have uh, we have little segments of it up, up on Hannity.com. If you want to get a preview, Amazon.com does the same. Uh, anyway, these are amazing times we're living in, and there's an awful lot at stake. Anyway, we'll have the best election coverage Our countdown continues Monday right here on the Sean Hannity Show. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.